0: My friends and welcome to the experience our industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood and I am super excited to be here today with Ellie Erickson. How are
1: you Ellie? I'm so good. Thank you for having me on today.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. Ellie um is uh you you won't get to you you can just hear her bubbly voice. Um you won't get to you you won't get to see her smile other than in the picture uh with her. But Ellie is one of those people that just exudes positivity and always has a smile. It's it's one of those infectious smiles that just fills the room. And so <laughs> So excited to have you here today, Ellie. Ellie is um, Ellie is a sales executive with Marriott Vacations Worldwide. Um, mm-hmm. She has the very very tough task of working um, from uh, the great state of Hawaii. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm excited <laughs> to talk about all of that and um, and and get into your current position and and what got you. Uh, to uh, what got you to your current place, obviously, but let's go let's go back in time a little bit. And I should say also Ellie is a two thousand and eighteen graduate of our program. Um, let's go back in time a little bit, Ellie. Uh, remind me where you're from.
1: Yeah, I am from Oakland, California, so the Bay Area.
0: All right, Oak Town, I love it. I love it. Yes. So what what was it like growing up there in Oak Town? Uh, what was your upbringing like?
1: <laughs> Man, I was so lucky. So my grandparents primarily raised me. So I got to kind of take in a lot of their wisdom, which was so important. I feel like anybody who has a really special relationship with their grandparents just knows that like they've got this life experience that is so Helpful in all areas, and so I really loved growing up in the Bay. I feel super fortunate to have been there.
0: I love it. I love it. And, um, I'm gonna try not to cry, uh, Ellie, because my my grandmother meant so much to me and and helped to uh, help to raise me. And I I always I always feel like she's like my guardian angel, right? Whenever whenever I need something, and uh uh, uh um some uh, somewhere often um in some in some, uh, space, uh, looking out for me. And so that's, that's really great. Um, what was, what was young Ellie like growing up? Were you into (laughs) drama, arts, theater, sports? What was your jam? Yeah,
1: everything. Right. So I was one of those, kids who like felt the need to just do everything especially in high school so yes I was in theater like from kindergarten all the way through school and I was in band so I played tuba I was really cool um and I did cross country and soccer and leadership class president so I think like a lot of students who probably are in this program like they felt the need to really get involved so that was always kind of what I was like for sure.
0: I love it, I love it and I can just i can just picture you running around um doing uh doing what do you have a do you have a memory or like a fa- favorite play that you did or a favorite? character that you played, anything like that?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I loved Susa Cole. I was the cat in the hat. So that was like super fun and playful and I loved it for sure.
0: (laughs) Right on, right on. I was only in one play ever and, and I was, um, I was Bill Sykes and Oliver. Did you ever do Oliver?
1: I never did Oliver, but I had seen it. Um, so wow, that must've been so fun for you.
0: Yeah strong men tremble when i hear it and that was my uh, i can i can remember oh, that one line uh from, you should
1: bust uh, that out more often
0: yeah uh, right yeah it's funny they uh i could not sing and so the um the the play director uh she allowed me to kind of like gruff it right? Like strong, man <laughs> tremble. I just did the, like, really the big, you know, the because the <laughs> I couldn't, oh I couldn't gosh. really keep it tuned very well.
1: <laughs> <I> <laughs> but you pulled it together. You did great. I'm sure.
0: Uh, you know, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I'll say that. I'll say that. Um, So, uh, you know, I I love hearing, I love hearing Ellie, the story about how you found Cal Poly, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. um, Everybody has a different, a different story along those lines. Can you tell us your story?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I actually, when I applied, didn't really know anything about it. Like, I was like, okay, it's a good school, I guess. Like, I'm just going to apply there. I had no idea. Um, I think it was one of the easier applications because they didn't require an essay or something. So that's what I remembered about it. And so <laughs> I uh, I had just nothing, no knowledge of it. But I remember when I was really super young, my mom just like casually in a car ride had told me because she took some classes at like Cal Poly and Questa, And she's like, oh yeah, there's a major where you can just like, kayak all the time and do things outdoors and whatever and I remember <laughs> that sticking with me and I was like well that sounds fun I could do that so yeah. that's why I found the major and that's really why I applied to Cal Poly
0: I love it I love it well you know uh Dr. Hendricks uh, over the years like I, I remember one of the things one of the things that we kind of had to break out of and and he tried to like um to to get people to break out of this mold of calling us the fun major, and yeah. and, I, and I, um, I I understood that part of that, right? But then I also thought to myself, I'm like, I don't know, man. It might be kind <laughs> of cool to be the fun major, right? You know, you you get some fun people enrolling, in, in right? Um, so,
1: yes. Uh, so 100%. yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, we we didn't always lean into the fun major, but I think there's something uh, there's something to that for sure. So so um, once you got to Cal Poly, right, I I know, obviously, in in knowing and remembering um, what you what you did while you were here, I know you were super involved and and. um, (laughs) There's there's very rarely anyone that I talk to on this podcast where, well, yes, yeah, so I remember that you weren't involved at all in Cal. <laughs> Cal <Poly. laughs> but, but anyway, so I kind of feel like a broken record a little bit there with that, Ellie. But I, 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 you were you were super involved. Tell us, like, um, pick out a couple of things, if you will, um, from your time at Cal Poly. One, that's like an enduring memory that doesn't have to do with mm-hmm. professional development. And then another one that has to do with professional development that really stood out as something that, that helped to shape and, and form your, your professionalism.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I think about this question, I just get like this flood of memories come back it's like the it's coolest hard. trailer ever to this like incredible college movie so right. I feel like for me like when I think about college I think about those you know late nights at Bee Gees you know freshman year with those friends that you meet in the dorms that I think about that long line that stretches at Firestone and the view of top bishops and you know stargazing on Perfumo so I have this like incredible experience that I think that Whenever I talk to anybody at Cal Poly, they have these same memories of like, yeah. you know, different times or like different friends, that the same things we were going through. So was, I just I, I cannot think of a time in my life that was more fun and, and impactful
0: than then. I love that. I love that. What about, what about professional development? What, what really stands out? You know, when I, when I look at, at all the things that, that, that you do, obviously I could pick, or that you did, I could (laughs) pick a couple out. Um, uh, You were, you were obviously, you were very involved with ASI and, and, um, Mm -hmm. and, and then also, uh, of course, um, uh, later with, with Tri-California, but, but is there, (laughs) is there something or, or an experience during your college years that really stood out as 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 being impactful
1: I like there's so many things but it's so random when when you ask that question like I think of this one time freshman year and Uh and I'll be completely honest I I was very involved but not always with the RPTA club right and so Uh I remember freshman year I went to one RPTA RPTA club meeting Uh and in that meeting, someone from Wildflower had come and they were looking for volunteers. And so it, that one meeting, you never know like what one meeting could completely change your life because that one meeting completely changed my career trajectory and and just impacted in so many ways. So I think that, I think it's just so cool being in a space like Cal Poly where literally any day that you're there or any one meeting that you go to could just be super impactful. So obviously my time at ASI, I met my husband working at the recreation center. So there's so many little things that come together that are just, Powerful, really powerful.
0: Right on. Well, let's give a shout out to your husband. What was his uh, major? What major was he in Cal Poly?
1: Yeah, he was civil engineering. So yeah, he was. But he actually senior year, his senior year, he. Had to take some other classes, so I did get him to take some of our classes, and no he said they're, they're they're the favorite he ever took, right? So he, he definitely wished he wished he was with us for sure.
0: That's awesome! That's awesome! And you know, uh, Ellie, it's so amazing how many people I talk to on the on on the podcast who have that wildflower experience as um as being such a, an amazing experience, and I know you know that that wildflower. Um, shut down, and it's such a mm-hmm. such a bummer for I know so many people, and um, mm-hmm. um, but but yeah, it's just amazing what an impact that that um, that that event has had on on our major and our on our alumni, um, uh, you know, over the years, and and, um, and then obviously, of course, ASI, like you said, yeah. and um, and and whatnot. So well, let's talk about um, let's talk about the. The, your your official internship, if I'm not mistaken, it mm-hmm. was with Tri-California, right?
1: It was, yeah. Yeah, it was. yeah.
0: So talk about, um, you know, our current students love hearing about the internship. They get so, you know, you remember back in the day when you were so worried about whether or not you were going to get an internship and what your internship mm-hmm. was going to be and all of those things. So I, my perspective is that... Um, our alumni telling that story over and over again of how they got their internship really helps ease the anxiety of our current students. Right. And so yes. th- talk about that process and and um, how you got it and what you did.
1: Yeah. So it was with Tri-California. So since I had been working and volunteering with them since my freshman year, it was a pretty perfect fit to be able to just kind of slide into that role. And take more of a um, full-time capacity in that. So what I really loved about it, you know, just to be transparent, was that it was super flexible. And so for me, during that time in my senior year, and I think for a lot of your students, what's important is having that space to work for a company that also understands that you're about to transition to something else. And maybe it is with that company, or maybe it's with a different organization, but being able to kind of my resume or make sure that i'm able to interview and having a company that was super supportive of that wow. i think that's huge um and making sure obviously it's an internship so the people should know that this is kind of what's going on but right. i loved my experience because obviously i get to, i got to kind of like hone my abilities and it really made me stand out in the roles moving forward with other organizations
0: Right, I love that. I think that's just so powerful for a couple of different reasons. You know, one, you you saying that you were volunteering, you have been volunteering with them since you were a freshman, and I, I think that that's um that's something that that I think sometimes some students struggle with, right? Like, um, not getting involved right away and not forming those relationships. And obviously through, through RPTA 101 and 210 and all these other, all all these other courses, we're trying our best to get you plugged into the local network so that you can hopefully build these relationships. And I I think that's so powerful and that flexibility, you know, um, it, it, it is a major life change. I think that's, that's Mm -hmm. something that, that we sometimes gloss over, you know, major life changes are times where, where anxiety and stress obviously uh, bubble up. um, And, um, and we, we sometimes get lost in this, like magic, the magic of commencement and graduation and how exciting it is and and it is exciting but it's also very stressful because it being such a major life change and so having an organization to work with that you are familiar with that you've grown with what a what a powerful um what a powerful thing there and so thanks for for sharing that so now, um, you know, coming out of your internship with Tri-California, talk about change, right? From Tri-California yes. to uh, to Walt Disney Company. So uh yes. so talk about that transition a little bit and um how you ended up with um with Disney, what you did and all of that jazz.
1: Yeah, so. To kind of go a little bit more into Tri-California for people who might not know, yes, they put on Wildflower, which is a triathlon. We also worked on events like the Nike Women's Half Marathon and the Giants Race in San Francisco. So it was endurance events. And so while I was doing that, I realized I love working on endurance events. They're super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And something that we hadn't talked about was during college, I actually took a quarter off and did the Disney College program. So I figured for myself, like if I could combine my love for endurance events with Disney, what would that look like? And that looked yeah. like run Disney. And so, uh, yeah. right after school, I actually was able to go, I moved to Florida, I worked for Disney world, and did business development for run Disney, which was so fun. So I got to combine like all of my passions into one. It was like the perfect fit.
0: Yeah. I love it. That's so, that's so exciting. And I I had forgotten that you did the Disney College program. We've had a number of students over the years um, to do that. Um, uh, can you talk about that for a little bit? Like what what that's yeah. like and 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 whether you recommend that for for current students?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So I took off a quarter in my junior year because. I knew that I could and still graduate on time. And so I'd always loved Disney. I actually did my program in Anaheim, which I do recommend. Um, I know a lot of people who did it in Florida and it's it's just totally different experience. And wow. so I think that it's really powerful to do it in Anaheim because they do, at least when I did it in 2016, they still had that requirement of taking classes. So I took classes on the business of Disney um which was really cool and I think I think it's I totally recommend it and I would say that you I think having something sparkly on your resume so like in college I worked for Disney I also worked for the Oakland Raiders like these Mm -hmm. are companies that people get excited about in interviews and so if I can use that to my advantage even if it's only for a year or you know months or whatever it was it Mm -hmm. gets you in the door and so i think finding a company with a big name even if you're you know not making a lot of money or like doing some volunteer or something you get something on your resume that gets you in a lot of places that's super powerful
0: I love that advice. That's such great advice. So, so now let's, uh, let's fast forward to your current, uh, to your current gig. So you went from, man, you, you, California to Florida to Hawaii. I love it. it. So, uh, so let's talk about what, um, what drew you to Marriott Vacations Worldwide. Um,
1: yeah,
0: how you got that position. And then, and then we'll get into, you know, what you're, what you're doing there.
1: Yeah. So while I was in Florida, I kind of had this realization that, like, I was in my early 20s and I was at a point where, like, I could take risks. And so I saw that I could either, like, do this corporate ladder and stay in Orlando and work for Disney forever. People work for Disney forever, right? And it's a great company. But I remember this day, and I'm in this huge Disney building. I didn't actually work in that building, but I was picking something up. And there's a staircase that goes through all the floors and you can see into each level. And I saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of cubicles. And I felt this feeling in my gut, like this is not where I'm supposed to be right now. And so I really kind of sat back and was like, where do I want to be? And so I was like, you know what, this is when I can just go and do crazy things. So I actually started applying for roles in Hawaii. I just knew I wanted to get to Maui. And so one of those roles was with the Weston. So Marriott now, right? Because Marriott owns Weston. So I ended up applying virtually. They did all my interviews over the phone and I got this role and started it when I moved here. So that's kind of how I ended up in where I am now.
0: I love it. I love it. And so, uh, so you have, you have, um, you have a couple different titles, right? Marketing executive, sales executive. Mm -hmm. So tell us, tell us what all that entails. What's your day to day like?
1: Yeah. So when I moved over here, I started out in that marketing role. And that was mostly like it was kind of really the most fun job you could have on the island. It was kind of like right. a concierge. And so I'm helping people plan their vacations. I'm booking all these excursions. I get to go on all these like helicopters and boats and everything for free. So it was super, super fun. Right. And um so on the other side of that, I kept having, you know, these guests come back to me and say, Oh my gosh, we're so excited now. We're owners were involved and I was like what is that even like what does this even mean and so looking at the other day that's kind of how I got on the sales side of this vacation club um, and I've only been in this role for about seven months now but I absolutely love it
0: that is awesome so you're so you're basically sell you're essentially almost like a real estate agent but employed exactly. through marriott vacations is that right
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 So we, okay. This is like the funniest thing. So we, um, we are the vacation club. Yeah. So some people, you know, they think of this, you know, timeshare and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. for us, when I think of timeshare, I think it's like a bad word, right? Like I thought that for so long, you know, like kind of had this, that gross feeling, but what Marriott did and what like other companies like Disney and Hyatt have done is they came in and they made it work. And so what I do is I kind of get to talk about people, talk to people who vacation a lot or who want to vacation a lot and see if there's a way that we can help them kind of vacation better. And it's super, super fun.
0: Got you. So it's almost like they're building a way that they can build their assets through vacationing essentially. Is that is that kind of in a nutshell?
1: Yeah. And in a nutshell, you know, if people like to kind of vacation in nicer accommodations or if they like to stay in villas, like if having a kitchen when they vacation worldwide is important to them. Or if they like to have bruises, or if they want to use their points to, you know, fly or do an adventure like an African safari. Like, really, it's there's nothing that you can't do anymore with it, which is why, like, my whole day, all I get to do is talk to people about, like, what they want to do over the next five years as far as fun goes. So it's kind uh, of like the right. perfect fit
0: right I love it that's awesome so t- let's uh, let's dive in a little bit more to to the Hawaii life so what has that yeah. what it, what has that been like have you uh have you just loved it what is it um you know i've I've actually personally never been to Hawaii which what? I know is crazy um I probably should plan a trip with for Dr rue so <laughs> at so doctor at some point um but uh but but tell us tell us what it's like uh, living the island life.
1: Oh my gosh, it's incredible. I I mean, I love it. It's like there's beaches every day, there's hikes everywhere. Everybody's so happy and nice. And I think what's really honestly the most impactful for me is like this mentality of you work to live, you don't live to work. Hmm. And so, really, for me, finding a position and a team that supports working 40 hours at most, you know, most of the time we're hitting way less than that and, Mm -hmm. you know, still being successful and finding a team that supports vacation and being on Hawaii. Like it's Mm -hmm. just this mentality of, instead of trying to build a career, you're building a life, you know? Uh
0: Yeah, you know, I was gonna say like, um, what's that like? Like selling vacations to people, um, and then <laughs> essentially living a vacation yourself, right? But um, yeah. I-, I would imagine that that takes a little bit of balancing. Um, but knowing you and knowing your spirit, I could just see how it almost like, uh, it, it, I, I could see where it's like, uh, just envelops your very aura, right? Yes. <laughs>
1: It's is that, so is fun. that how you view it? hundred percent. I mean, for me, like I believe in vacations and those memories to my core. And I think that if there's anything I'm going to be selling, it's, it's how I can kind of change people's lives and have them focus on creating memories rather than, you know, those material things. So I think that it's just, it's such a really cool experience. And I think sales in general, right? Like for me, when I was in college, I kind of thought of sales as this like sleazy type of experience. And I know not everybody has that mindset, but when I was you know, younger, I definitely kind of thought that. And I think for a lot of people in our major who have such great people skills and who are really, really good, I think that sales is a path that a lot more people should consider because it's Awesome. like you're on this team and and you get what you put into it. So I think that it it's it's really a cool path for a lot of people that are major, no matter what sales role that you're taking.
0: Yeah, you know, Ellie, I think that's really, really great advice. i I, I was one of those people that um, that kind of looked at sales, you know, I don't know if it was growing up and death of a salesman, like, you know, back back to us mm-hmm. talking about plays, right. Um, right. Uh, you know, yeah, I just had this mentality that I didn't want to do anything with sales. And then I ended up in a sales position and I actually realized that I wasn't great at it. Right. Um
1: mm-hmm.
0: But I I think the modern day approach and what I have come to realize is that we're all in sales, right? In some way, shape or form. Like me as a professor, I'm building relationships with people. I'm selling our program. I mean, what what I'm doing right now with the Mm -hmm. podcast, right? That is that is sales essentially, right? And so if if you, I, I think, and where I failed at sales is like, when the transaction was actually happening i got like super sweaty palms and would like um would be, i'd almost like be shaking and people were like whoa yeah. what's happening <laughs> you you changed and it was just like yeah. i didn't like the exchange of money part <laughs> yeah
1: but in yeah, modern no, sales that.
0: roles that's not really how it works right you know i mean
1: no yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's like a, it's a consultative process and really everybody exactly. thinks that selling is a service. And so, you know, some people, the product isn't going to be for them and that's okay. But for some people it's a perfect fit. And so it's finding those people who are so excited about it and who, yeah. you know, are really so stoked to be a part of it. That's who we're really working with. And so I think yeah. sales in general, I'd never considered it through school, even in a couple years after, but looking at, you know the potential and how it can completely change your life. I think that it's it's definitely something to consider a little bit more.
0: Love it. Love it. So now you know while you were in school, we transitioned to the experience industry management, right? And that that whole, you know, you everyone's heard our, our spiel about the experience industry just being an umbrella term. Um but but you know that experience design has really risen to the forefront um in and through this experience economy that 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 we're in and and that is only going to continue to mold and develop over time. I'm I, I'm curious about what um what you see from that perspective. Um in and I think I heard it in in what you were talking about earlier, but it, it seems like what you do is a co-creation of experiences with your clients. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and yeah, uh, yeah. you talked about like figuring out what they want and, and being able to mold it to them. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas it used to be just this fixed product and like, nope, if mm-hmm. you don't do it this way, you don't get <laughs> right. it that you way. You don't that right?
1: for you. Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. So, so talk yeah. to us a little bit about experience design and, and whether or not you see that in your day to day.
1: Yes. 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 Okay. So I think it's really cool to look at both sides of it. So yes, when I'm with a client, like we're co-creating those experiences and really kind of helping them design the type of vacation lifestyle that they want. Uh But I think what's been really helpful for me on, you know, the flip side of it is creating that experience that's actually happening with them creating the experience. So what does that even mean? So like, you know, for me, I'm not in an office, right. I'm taking them out to the beach and we're walking along the beach, you know, to kind of make that experience. And we're building up that anticipation of like, what is this product even do? Like, you know, it's like, it's uh-huh. it's so cool to think about because I remember in um, it was like I think it was one oh one they talk about the three stages of fun right like mm-hmm. anticipation participation and reflection and so yeah. for those three things for me like I try and incorporate that into these sales meetings with these clients and so Love. yes with the client I'm doing that but also on the backside of that it helps me be more successful because I know yeah. how that backside works.
0: I love it. That is so great. Like, um, it, it, rather than um, r- rather than like a, a busy airport and taking them to the mm-hmm. um, to where they're going to be waiting in line at an airport for like uh, two hours, um, instead right. you're out <laughs> at the beach. Right? <laughs> I love that.
1: Yes, that's exactly. Brilliant. That's, that's brilliant. That brilliant <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> keep them away from traffic jams and uh, stuff like that. I exactly. Remember. The wind and the sun, and uh, I love the breeze it. The trees in
1: the hair. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's so great. That is so great. So um I'm curious um what your, you know, um obviously with um with Hawaii and, and, and it being an island and there only being so much space and and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. I'm wondering if um if any of the sustainability principles that you were that you were taught through through Dr. Rue's class and and um and and that sort of thing, I I know that. That sustainability is obviously top of the mind um, for, for mm-hmm. people in Hawaii in particular. And, and um, yeah. you know, we've 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 seen this bounce back right from from the mm-hmm. pandemic, um, which I, I assume you're seeing there in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what oh, are yes. saying anyway. <laughs> uh, but but yes. I'm curious, you know, in 2019, over tourism was a was a really big factor. Um, and yeah. then obviously we had the pandemic and that kind of went went away. But now we're having the, the bounce back and people are now trying to look for, to the future. I wonder if you see that as a challenge moving forward, um, what you see for the industry in terms of Hawaii and tourism and yeah. that sort
1: of thing. Yeah. So I think what a lot of people are seeing right now is what some people have coined that revenge travel, right? Mm-hmm, so right. like people couldn't travel for two years and now they are just like going out and traveling as much as they can. Yeah. And so for us in this industry, obviously it it's great because I don't know, there's like an article, hotel rates in Hawaii have gone up in Maui, specifically 54% pre-pandemic. So oh, wow. you're seeing this huge spike in hotel prices. And so, um, in some ways, you know, it's great because hotels and, and the industry is making back the money that they didn't make during COVID. But I think specifically to talk about Hawaii and Maui, there's a lot of people who are calling for more, um, focuses outside of tourism and, and how can we in the tourism industry kind of help with that? Because obviously, you know, to talk about sustainability, uh, <laughs> relying on an entire economy on the tourism industry which is primarily what Maui does like it's not always super sustainable so no. what does that look like as a hotel like how are we helping the community in different ways whether that's you know going up and doing beach cleanups or focusing like our energies and and money towards certain nonprofits. so for mm-hmm. us it kind of looks like as it sounds kind of I mean, I guess it could sound bad, but as the winners in this industry, right? Like as the winners in, you know, the economy here, how can we also make sure that we are not taking over and the only Mm -hmm. people standing at the end of this, right?
0: Yeah, no, that's so important. Like being a good steward and, um, of, of the resources I think is, is, is so important. And, you know, you've, um, like you said you've been a part of you know a, a big corporations like Disney and now Marriott and um mm-hmm. and and I know that that some of those um some of those companies have great records of giving back and so that's great to that's great to hear that that um that you and your team are able to are able to help along those lines and I think that's great when when you think about um Advice that you would give to a, to a younger you, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I love what you said earlier, Ellie, when you were walking that staircase and looking into those cubicles and and getting that gut feeling and and I think it's so important sometimes to to, to follow your gut, right? And and mm-hmm. um and chase your passions. And I love love that you've done that and been successful there. Is there any advice that you would give to a, to a younger you, right? Or or, yes. or someone who may be listening to this podcast who, who is trying to, to figure out what their path might be? What advice would you give them?
1: Yeah, I would just tell myself, I think I was so, I mean, stressed and like anxious about what the perfect job was going to be mm-hmm. that I didn't even think about, you know, what was actually important for me in my life and so maybe for i think a lot of people this this pressure of finding your passion is a little bit overwhelming and so you know there's this one book i read that called um so so good they can't ignore you that was pretty pivotal for me and knowing that like it's not necessarily what you do that is going to make you happy in life. I mean, yes, that's a huge part of it, but it's what your work allows you to do. And yeah. so it's having control of your schedule or just, just not being so stressed out about like the perfect role and just knowing there yeah. could be a perfect for you, role for you right now and knowing that that can change and that will change. And that is more than okay.
0: Right. I love it. Now let's give a, let's give a proper plug. Now I I didn't catch the name of that book. What's the
1: name of that book again? So good. They can't ignore you.
0: So good. They can't ignore you. I love that. I love that. Are there any other,
1: are
0: there any other books that have been impactful along those lines or?
1: Yeah. Okay. One more book I would definitely recommend for any seniors going into interviews or negotiations for contracts. Uh Contracts is never split the difference. It's ah. all about negotiations. I don't know if you've read that book or not, but I read it like at least annually. It's so good.
0: That's cool. Never split the difference. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. That's great. You know, because I, and, and that's just, that's a powerful one in and of itself, Ellie, because I get asked so many times by, my students. And I remember when I was in this spot, I mean, you know, my, my very, I, I tell the, I've told the story on the podcast before, so apologies to those who've heard it before, but my very, my very first professional job, um, the owner of the restaurant, I, I, I was working as a, as a waiter for a bistro, a, a white top, um, bistro. And, and, um, and she said um we'd like to hire you as the assistant restaurant manager for 615 an hour and before she could get the hour out of her mouth i was shaking hands going i'll take it you know <laughs> and then uh and then and then as i'm driving home i started doing some calculations and i was like <laughs> oh, wow, that's going to be less than what I'm making now as a waiter.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't to think about it, right? <laughs> so, so I went back
0: and I negotiated uh, to be able to, to at least uh, take one shift as a waiter, um, schedule myself <laughs> to one shift. So I schedule myself to the most popular shift so that I can make sure. That oh, it, and, uh, good job
1: know, there. You know,
0: but uh, But so I get asked that so often, like, what do... And, and 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 you know young professionals or or, or students or, or recent graduates don't realize that that when you're signing before you sign on that dotted line you perhaps have the most um you, you have the the most power <laughs> that you
1: mm-hmm.
0: um that you might ever have right yeah. and I so i love that I, I would imagine that that book will help along those lines eh
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, uh, it's written by someone who used to be a host- hostage negotiator for like CIA or something, oh, but wow. he has so many stories in there about like when you're negotiating for salary or like even getting a new car, I think it's, it's powerful for anybody.
0: I need to, I need to read that. Cause I am terrible <laughs> in the car dealership. Uh, <laughs> Jer- Jerisha's dad, uh, you, he was, he was like the master at that. And he called it sharpening his pencil. And so he would, uh, yeah. you know, he'd go in and he have everything laid out, and they'd try to sell him on stuff, and he'd be like, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Here's this, 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 and this. He's like, uh, yes. And, and whereas for me, I would never want, I would never want to leave the dealership without just getting it done. He would like visit yeah. like ten different ones and have them like. You know, uh yeah, I'm not I'm not that material. Yeah, dude.
1: <laughs> maybe there's a balance, maybe there's a balance somewhere in there.
0: There you go, there you go, exactly. Well, Ellie, I just wanna thank you so much for um taking the time today and and um and coming inside from the beautiful Hawaii weather to, uh, to talk to us today. And, um, I can, I can see, a, I can see a palm tree in her background. And so that's, uh, that, that's nice there. That, that makes me feel good, but, uh, just really appreciate it. Ellie. You dropped some great gems on us today and just want to thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to say that if anybody has any questions or needs support, they can always find me on LinkedIn for sure. I'm happy to help in any way I can.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Ellie. See ya.
1: Thank you. Bye.